today, all right? That's enough nice. Too much nice. Too much nice, okay. Shut them down. Shut them down. No more talking to me nice. It's enough. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Man, so good to see you're in the right place today. Let me, let me pull the audience. Anybody believe that? Oh, man, I got, I got two hours. I think I got two hours to convince them. Is that right? Two hours? All right. March Madness doesn't start till two, I think. I got that right. So, so one. Oh, Coach Drew would correct me. It's one o'clock. Never mind. Let me go fast, Coach. I got, okay. Hour and 20. Uh, hour, hour. Give you 20 to get home. Oh, man. Man, it's good to see you guys. So, so glad to be here. Pastor John and Kristen, we're glad you're back, too. Always, it's always different when you're gone and different when you're home. Wait. Oh, it's good when you're home. It's good. We love you. And uh, we're so glad. Uh, last week was a great week. As, uh, as you know, we're in a series called Miracles, the Life of Jesus. I think we're going to, there we go, the miracles. We're going to talk about miracles. Last week, uh, Landon spoke a great message about the miracle that happened at the pool of Bethesda, the lame man who'd been sitting there and how Jesus had healed him. And I love talking about miracles. Honestly, miracles fire me up because uh, if you've ever seen a miracle, know of a miracle, there's nothing more moving than knowing that God just did something we couldn't do on our own, right? Man, the miracles are so awesome. And the good thing about Jesus is his life was full of miracles. I mean, it started for him, it started as a miracle, right? He is a miracle. He, he come to us as a miracle. In fact, his life was just full of miracles. His ministry lasted three and a half years, and he had more miracles in those three and a half years than most of us have been doing this longer than that. It's like, I'd have to remind myself, I'm not Jesus, all right? Just not Jesus. But his life was full of miracles. In fact, the Gospels document those things. Uh, each page, each chapter that you read, you can read more about his miracles. In fact, John wrote... The Gospel of John, in his book, he wrote in in chapter 20, he wrote this. He said, listen, we've seen all kinds of miracles. Us disciples, we've seen a lot. I've only tried to record some of them, but there are so many more that I didn't even get to write in this book. In fact, the last verse in his book, he says, John 21, uh, 25, he says, listen, we've seen a lot more than this. Just so you know, I'm I'm giving you what I can. But if we were to document everything that Jesus did, He says this, I love the the New Living Translation, says, I suppose the whole world wouldn't be big enough to hold those books. If we tried to write every miracle that Jesus did, and I want to tell you that I love talking about miracles because I've seen some, I've been a part of some, I've prayed for some. If If you've never experienced a miracle and you want to, I'm believing today that this could be that miracle time for you right now. I am, I'm believing that. I'm expecting, let me just say it that way. Right. I'm believing that God is going to give us a miracle. In fact, I, we, I've, I've seen physical healings before. I have literally prayed with people. I've, people have prayed for me, and there have been physical healings, things that doctors couldn't explain. I remember as a child the, uh, being three months old and getting acute spinal meningitis, telling my, my, the, first, the first biological child my parents had, and They'd bleed for years and years and years for a child. And then the doctor come to say, listen, there's, this is a really rare thing. There's only three of them in the United States. It's not going to be good. But, you know, we're going to be here for you. And then the church began to pray. I felt a little old school on me. But then the ch- but God. <laughs> come on. But then the church began to pray. But then the church began to pray. I've got a cassette tape and a, 
I'll, we'll do an illustrated sermon next week for some of you, the cassette tape. Say. <laughs> but we'll have a cassette tape. I remember uh, my parents had shared with me about being at a, a, a ministry's com- minister's conference and you could hear the, the people praying for, for, for their son, this son, Brian, and, and, and the believing God for a healing, their, their, their baby boy in the, in the hospital. And, and wouldn't you know, a few days later, that the doctor comes storming out of his office down the hall into the room, into the hospital room, and he's like, who, who, who made the mistake here? He was furious. He wanted to know who had messed up the charts, who had messed up the test, because what should have made me into a vegetable, in their words, never to walk or talk or feed myself on my own, all of a sudden, it gone. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. Listen, Jesus performs miracles. Miracles happen. Now, I may, you look at me today and it's like, well, he didn't finish, but he's still working on me, all right? All right, he said, we should sing this in Sunday school. He's still working on me. <laughs> Make me what I ought to be. Don't give up. Keep praying with me, all right? But there are miracles that happen, and, and I've, I've, I've prayed for, with people for deliverance, and they, you wouldn't believe that God literally touched their life and they would set them free in an instant. I've believed God for financial miracles where there seemed to be no way how this could happen. A miracle happened. People felt like there was, I, I've prayed with folks who were so hopeless and so discouraged there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And all of a sudden, God made a way where there seemed to be no way. It's a miracle. Man, I love those moments. I love being able to pray and see God move and mighty, mighty things happen. And for him to do something we couldn't do on our own, that stirs my faith. You know, I've also been in, in moments where, been in seasons where I've been walking with God and things have been going good. I didn't have this miracle prayer request, if you will. It's not always good to have the miracle prayer request because, I mean, when you get to the point when you're bleeding for a miracle, it's a little bit like, it's not a fun place to be typically. But I've been in season where things are going great. I'm, in, I'm obeying God. I, I feel like we're in a good season. And then all of a sudden, circumstances would have something else to say about it. Situations would arise. People would do things that I didn't cause the problem. And I'm thinking, what, what happened? Things were going so great. Some kind of situation would arise that I didn't invite, I didn't ask for, I definitely didn't welcome, but suddenly I was in the middle of it. And in those moments, I've experienced miracles even when I wasn't looking for them. Somewhere in the middle of that, Jesus showed up and he said, all right, this is what you got. This is where I am. That's where you are. Come on out here. I'm ready to give you a miracle in this moment. I want to tell you today, I've I've said it once, but I I want to just tell you again, my faith is at a place where I believe God wants to give some of us a miracle moment. I believe some of you, like me, are in situations and things that you didn't invite, you didn't ask for. Life would have been well enough if if it just gone past you on by, right? But somehow you're right in the middle of this thing, And I want to tell you today, Jesus is saying, let me give you a miracle. 
Let me do for you what you can't do on your own. Let me give you something you can't give yourself. That's a miracle. And I'm going to believe with you today that Jesus is going to make that happen for some of us. I'm going to pray and then we're going to talk about a great story about miracles. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that this story that we're about to to read was going to come alive to us. Father, I thank you that some of us right now, yes, I thank you that we're in situations right now that we can't control. God, I thank you that you, even right in the middle of your will, Father, we can find circumstances that we don't like, but you can still work all things together for good. Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our ears to hear you clearly, our eyes to see you. In the name of Jesus, we pray that miracles happen. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to pick up in the middle of where, where Jesus had just finished doing a miracle. Matthew 14, and maybe some of you heard the story where the disciples came to, to Jesus and they said, listen, we've got some hungry folks here. They, they hungry. All we got is five loaves of bread and two fish. Well, that's one of those provision miracles. Jesus said, bring it to me. And he began to break the bread and The Bible says that 5,000 men and their families were satisfied on that that meal. You got more than a few kids, we'll pray for you too, all right? Multiply it, Lord. Jesus had just finished doing this miracle, and then we're going to pick up where he begins to talk to his disciples. He begins to tell them, like, listen, I want you to get in this boat. I need you to go to the other side. I'm going to go pray. Here we go, right? Matthew 14, verse 22. It says, immediately after this, immediately after the miracle, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. I want to pause and tell you, listen, if Jesus tells you to go to the other side, especially if he's insisting, you need to know the other side is still there. It may be taking you longer to get there than you thought, but he doesn't change his mind. When he says go to the other side, he already knew what it's going to be like for you to get there. Just so you know. Don't stop before you get there. Jesus insisted, go ahead and go to the other side. After sending them home, after sending, excuse me, to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After he sent them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Verse 24, meanwhile, back at the ranch, (laughs) meanwhile, the disciples, they're in this boat. They were in trouble far away from the land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Here they are obeying God. They've done what Jesus said to do, and still they're in a fight. Don't mistake a fight for disobedience or out of being out of the will of God. Some of my biggest fights have been right smack in the middle of God's will for my life. They were fighting heavy waves. And then about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Hello. And in their fear, not their faith, but in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And John said, who are you going to call? They said, he said, oh, wrong translation. He said, in their fear, they said, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them. He said, 
Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let the fear drive you right now. Don't let the fear cause you to miss me. Here I am. He says, do not be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. I'm here. He said, don't be afraid. I'm here. Then Peter called out to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, like, okay, for real. If it's really you, tell me to come and walk on the water. Verse 29, Jesus said, yeah, yeah, it's me. Come. Come on out here. Come on out here. This is where I am. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. I like that. But then when he saw the strong winds, when Peter began to see the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified. He began to sink and he said, save me, Lord. He cried out loud again and said, save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. He said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? You're already walking on water. Why did you doubt? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped in that moment. I want to tell you, some of you are in that three o'clock hour. Some of you have been up all night. Some of you just woke up and realized, hey, things are going on that I can't control right now. Things are happening in my life and I need a miracle. There's no way I can put this back together. There's no way I'm going to be able to figure this thing out. I need a miracle. Well, I want to tell you by the leading of God today that Jesus is standing before many of you right now and saying, come on, come on out here. And it's okay to ask him today. And I encourage some of you to ask him, Jesus, is this really you? Because I believe today he's going to answer some of you. I believe today he wants to assure you that he's calling you out into the miraculous. He's causing, calling you to be in a place where you can't control it. You can't even provide the solid footing. It's got to be all him. That's exactly what happened to Peter. Peter found himself in this moment, this miracle moment, if you will, where it was all about Jesus. And I believe today as we begin to move forward towards that miracle that God has for our life, that thing that he wants to do for us, there's a few things I want to talk to you about from Peter's, this moment in Peter's life about the moment God wants to give us. The first thing that you've got to do when things are out of control, when things seem chaotic, is you've got to do what Jesus told Peter. He said, you've got to take courage. You've got to take courage. You've got to get some, some, some tenacity about yourself. You've got to get some, some fight in you. You got to get to a place where you decide, I'm not going to give in to this thing. I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's miracle for my life. I love the fact that they were fighting. I love the fact that there was a little bit of struggle because I've been walking with Jesus long enough to know that there's a lot of struggle when I'm trying to believe God for his miracle in my life. Courage, listen to this courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. It's, it's, it's you willing to, have, to push yourself even in the face of pain, even in the, 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 the face of something that would try to discourage you, to steal your courage. It's me saying, I'm still going to move forward in this. I'm still going to be, I, I need the strength of God and I'm going to pray for it and I'm going to get it. And I'm, he's, if it's up to me, I'm moving forward. I love this verse. Psalms 138 and 3 says, I prayed, 
So as soon as I prayed, you answer me. That's a good message right there. I'd, I'd take that and just go home. Just to know Jesus is going to answer, all right? I pray, you answer. And this is the second part. You encourage me. When you answer, you encouraged me by giving me strength. I'm telling you, there are times where I didn't want strength. I just want the storm to stop. God, I'm strong enough if you just stop everything going on around me. I can handle peaceful. I got that. But it's all this other stuff. Because you just take care of that. I, you use your strength on that, right? But what happens is God, when we're needing courage, he, he encourages us. He puts us in courage he do, by not stopping the storm, by not removing the person, by not taking care of the whole situation immediately. Sometimes he encourages us by just giving us the strength to keep going forward to keep believing again, to keep fighting again. It's only three in the morning. I got to go to daylight. I need a four o'clock strength, God. Give me some strength to get to four o'clock. Then I need the five o'clock strength. I want to tell you, some of you, you're in a place now where you, you're, you're, you're wondering if the fight is still worth it or if you should still keep fighting. I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, take courage. Be strong. This is your moment. This is your time to show God how bad you really want this thing. This is your time to say, I'm not going to settle for anything less than my, than my miracle. I remember as a kid being at the beach, and I remember the, the first time I realized I could wiggle and put my feet down in that sand. You stand close to the water, you know it gets a little loose. You get in there, and it's like your feet I want to tell you, some of you have got to make up your mind spiritually. You're going to dig your feet down into this sand. And you're going to say, God, I'm not, I'm not, people can splash out there in the water. I'm serious about my miracle. I'm going to keep myself planted. I'm going to stay steadfast. I'm going to show some perseverance and some fight, some tenacity. I'm going to show a little rise up in my heart. I, I want my faith to be bigger than this situation. You've got to take courage. And listen, I like, I like the, I said it like this on purpose. Take courage because sometimes you don't have it. You got to take it from something else. <laughs> you got to get some courage if you hadn't got it. But I want to tell you, it's worth the fight. It's worth standing your ground. On this side of some miracles, even in the middle of some miracle moments right now, I'm believing God that my fight is going to be worth it. Be courageous. Be strong. Pray for it. Let God give it to you. Don't get discouraged when the storm doesn't stop. Feel just as encouraged when the strength comes to be in the storm as it would if you, the storm had stopped. And I want to tell you the, one of the hardest parts for me is, that, is to still look in the face of what's coming against me. Sometimes in the face of who's coming against me. And I want to tell you, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone around and around with God and said, I God, if you really loved me, you would take care of this thing. And he's saying, if you really, really love me, you would trust me with this thing. Because what I've learned, sometimes I've prayed for this person to get out and God's told me, look, it's not about this person. It's about you. 
It's not about what's going on around you. It's about what's going on inside of you. That's what he cares about. Listen, we see, God doesn't see like, uh, like we see. This is the Bible verse, okay? He doesn't see what we see. We see the outside. We see the circumstances. We see the winds, the waves. We see the temptation. We see the trial. We see the fussing and the fighting. But God doesn't see that. He sees the heart. That's what he's concerned about. That's where he wants the miracle to start. He wants the miracle to happen right here first. When we get back in the boat, that's fine. The storm will stop. You heard Pete. That's fine. We're talking about doing this thing in the storm, in the uncontrollable situation. First thing you got to do is you got to take courage. Next thing you got to do is you got to release control. Take courage. Release control. For someone who likes to walk into an environment and feels confident and empowered to take control, that's been a rough one. I've trained my whole professional life how to take care of an atmosphere, an environment, to walk into somewhere and, and make the... They tell us in leadership training, you to walk in and you're not a, thermos, a thermometer, you're a thermostat. You adjust the temperature. You don't just take it. You make a difference. And I come into every situation in my life, I'm going to make a difference. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, let it go. Release control. Because what happens is when we get in these circumstances, when things get out of, out of whack for us emotionally, physically, relationally, the first thing we do is we try to get control of something. We start looking for something familiar to pull close to us and say, oh, it's going to be okay. At least I got this. At least I, can, I can't control that, but I can control this. And first thing that Jesus did after he said, okay, don't be afraid, take courage, he says, now I got to get him out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Now I got to get him to out here. He's got to get away from the boat. Yeah. See, we're tr- from a very early age, all of us, we, we learn to, to have security in things around us, people around us. My little nephew, now anybody ever heard of a security blanket? I had a little binky, Bobo. No, I'm trying to, trying to lead you a little bit, but. I may or may not have had a pillowcase. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you visuals. Something that, that when a child from an early age, they get insecure, they, they look for that security blanket. They say, let me get this. Okay, everything's good. We just took family pictures recently at a, a, a family get-together over the holidays. And, and my little nephew, he has a dinosaur. Things get a little crazy. Dinosaur? Dinosaur? <laughs> I know. Your Uncle B. And even in the family pictures, you know, we're all outside and we're standing by the trees and we're posing. And he just, like cameras, and like, it, everything is a little, he's not used to this environment. He's not used to the things going on. And the first thing he does before, when he realizes things are going down, he's like, dinosaur, dinosaur. Uh, guess what in our family pictures? Dinosaur. <laughs> My man got that security dinosaur. Forget the blanket. Nothing, <laughs> nothing will keep you secure like a T-Rex. I'm going to reel you back in, reel you back in. But we are, from an early age, we're, we're, it's okay. And we, we, no one ever takes a little kid's blanket, security blanket to, on purpose, right? Because we want them to feel secure. 
We're taught from an early age that it's okay to hold on to security and familiarity and the things that are comfortable to us. But I want to tell you, that's not where the miraculous happens. The miraculous happens when we're willing to let it go. When we say, God, I release control. I release my comfort and my security. In fact, I feel insecure. I feel inadequate. I don't feel like I'm enough. Good for you. That's where God begins to move. Because then he he told Peter, he said, listen, come on out here. If I was Peter, I would have made a little, I would ask a few more questions. Okay, if it's really you. Because listen, they did, they had just, they had been with Jesus. They just left him on the shore. They just got in this boat. They hadn't even been one night away from him. And when they see him in this storm, they said, it's a ghost. Of all the people that should have recognized Jesus, these guys should have recognized him. Here's your clue. They had never seen him in this way before. They'd seen him heal people. They'd seen deliverances happen. They'd never seen him walk on water. They had never been in a storm like this and had Jesus come at them on the water. I want to tell you, you've got to open your faith mind, your your, your heart to begin to see Jesus. If you want a miracle, you're going to have to be able to see him different than you've ever seen him before. You've got to be willing to say, okay, if it, that, it sounds like you, I, I'm pretty sure that's you. You want me to come still? Some of you are in the place where you begin to question God. Listen, don't question him as, as who he is. Question what he wants you to do. Because God will always call you out of comfort. God always calls us to faith. Told Peter, yeah, that's me. Come on out here. If I was Peter, I would have pulled the audience. I mean, there were other people on the boat. He could have said, did y'all hear him say gum? He didn't say gum. No, surely not. You sh- hey, if it's you, Jesus, you want me to come? I think he said that's dumb. Trying to rationalize. Surely Jesus wouldn't ask me to step out of this comfort zone. I mean, yeah, I've been in the storm, but this boat is my, this is my security blanket. I'm, at least I'm comfortable here. I may be trying to shovel water, but this is still the boat. He doesn't want me to get it. Yes, he does. He wants you to release control of everything in your life. Because that's when he can take it. You can't give him something that you won't let go of. You can't lay it at the altar if you're holding on tight. You've got to release control. You've got to be so willing to say, God, I want a miracle in my life. I'll give you anything and I'll give you everything. I'll leave the safety of this boat. I'll leave the comfort of those relationships. I'll leave the security of of that household. I'm willing to do what it's going to take to see you move in in, in this life of mine. Because see, Peter had stepped out of the boat before. It wasn't just about stepping out of the boat. It was where he was stepping out. It was where he was stepping. He stepped out on the, he'd been in and out of boats many times. Except for this time, he was having to step out into an area he'd never walked before. He didn't, in fact, in his natural mind, it just did not make sense why you would step out of something secure and solid and say, yeah, let's just try this out. 
the miraculous. If you could do it on your own, you wouldn't need God. If you could walk on water without Jesus, he, didn't, he wouldn't have had to show up, show up. But you're in that moment because you need Jesus. And you need to be where he is. Jesus was standing out on the water and he was saying, come on, come on out here. Don't, put, don't keep your confidence in that boat. That boat could sink any moment. That thing could fall apart. But me, this is steady ground out here. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord and his confidence is in him. Where's your confidence today? What are you really believing in? Are you believing in the comfort of that boat? Or in the compassion and power of Jesus? Are you believing for the miracle? Are you believing in what man can do? It's a tough place to be if you haven't made your mind up. Because you start that rock, the boat gets rocky. You're standing up, you're going, you're back. And should I, God, should I say yes or should I say no? Visualize, this, visualize where you are in your life and where God wants you to be. Release control of it. Jesus is saying, come on out here to the miraculous. Come on, let me do something supernatural in your life. He's ready for you, family. He's ready for you. You got to take courage. You got to release control. I'm going to close in just a moment, but I want to talk to you about this very important part. You got to avoid distractions. Peter was walking on water. He was walking on water. I was with some friends once at a cabin and we pulled the fishing boat right up to the edge of the shore there and I went to get out, fully dressed, had the fishing pole. We'd just been around the lake, little cast, okay, fun. And I got ready to get out and things got a little, little, little shaky and I thought, we're two feet, like there's the shore, there's, I'll just get my ankle wet. Five feet of water later, what kind of lake is this? I was under the water, fully immersed, cell phones, keys, everything, fishing pole still in my hand. I come out like, whoo, like a baptism, just fired up. I can't walk on water. Peter was in a, he was walking on the water. He was in the, 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 the greatest miracle moment of his life. Jesus was leading him to a place he had never been. He was doing something for Peter he had not done for anyone else. And they were seeing Jesus like he had never seen Jesus before. It was a miracle moment in his life. And somehow he began to sink. And the Bible is very clear. Verse 30 says that he began, he got terrified when he began to look at the winds and the waves. He began to take his focus back off of Jesus He forgot that Jesus is the one that called him out there. Jesus is the one who gave him the footing. Jesus is the one who said, I got you. And instead he started to look around and he began to listen to the the roar of those, those waves and the wind. All of a sudden the unsteadiness that he was walking on, Jesus called him out in the middle of that. And he was walking 
there. He was thriving there. He was walking in the miraculous, and all of a sudden, he took his eyes off Jesus, and he began to let the circumstances around him distract his focus, began to steal his faith, if you will. It says he was terrified. The opposite of faith is fear. And the enemy would love nothing more than to put some fear voices in your life, to allow the winds of, of fear to, to get you into unbelief and to doubt and to begin to question. He doesn't have to steal your dream. All he's got to do is make you fearful it's going to happen. He, to, he doesn't have to steal uh, the, the vision you see for your family. All he's got to make you do is doubt that it can happen. And we'll go in this cycle of, is it ever going to? You've got to avoid distractions. You can't let people who don't, don't, believe like, don't believe what you're believing for. You can't allow them to say, oh, girl, you've got to be, there's no way. With me, you're right, but with God, all things are possible. Well, you, you got to be, man, that's been a cycle in your family. For you. There ain't no way you're going to break that. You're right, I, there ain't no way I can break that. But the anointing destroys the yoke. It's got the power of God. He can give me a miracle in this moment right now. You've got to be so focused. You've got to be so convinced that this is your moment, that God is wanting to give me a miracle, that nothing else matters, that no other distraction, no other voice. You've got, you've got these spiritual blinders on. You only see Jesus in this moment. Because when you're looking at him and you, your eyes are fixed on him, the author and the finisher of our faith, and you're, you're determined that he's the one that's going to lead you through this thing, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. There's a boat full of disciples that didn't get out with Peter. Doesn't mean they were bad people. They walked with Jesus too. They had seen miracles with Peter too. They, they were in obedience too. They got in the boat because Jesus said as well. But Jesus called Peter out on that water. You can't punish them because they didn't step out and they can't punish you because you did. But what you can do is you can move forward with faith and trust God and allow him to give you this miracle. Yeah. I've seen I'll tell you a story about a guy named James. Almost done. A story about a name, man named James. He, we're in a church service one time. James was battling some addiction in his life battling some hurt in his heart, some things from his past. He was in the middle of it, man. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you I, I, was, I was early on in ministry, and I remember like, I mean, go God, like, I don't know. I don't know about this. And I remember being in a church service, not much smaller than, not much larger than what's right here. And I remember during a worship moment, James left his, he left his chair, walked up to the front row, leaned over to the pastor, said something, pastor leaned down, okay, pastor began to pray for James, James hit his knees, began to weep and cry, I thought, man, wow, you must be touching him at least, James got up off his knees that moment. He was miraculously set free from drugs. 
his heart was healed for the first time, he could talk without that hurt controlling his conversation. I remember him telling me, he said, man, this is awesome. I should have believed for this long ago. I remember him reading the Bible saying, man, I didn't know all this was in here. This is awesome. It was his miracle moment. It changed everything for him. being a youth pastor right out of college really just trying to trying to get out of the boat myself in ministry trying to figure out are you out here God <laughs> and a guy that knew my family came to preach for our church from Austin Texas Pastor John Ragsdale came to service and preached great Sunday mornings and that night we had a special service, had a special guest in. Faith was in that place and I remember Pastor John saying, listen, listen, if you need to give something to God, this altar's open. Come to the altar. Oh man, I remember my heart. I remember I, it was all I could do to get off my seat. I was crying so hard. I just, I was believing with so many people. It was the first time as a pastor I realized that other people have problems too. And there was just the, this, the magnitude and the bigness of what God had to do to see their life changed. And I remember praying with people and people weeping and crying. I remember thinking, God, I think you're really changing their life. This is their moment. Pastor John went back up to, I'll never forget where I was standing. I was standing right in the middle of the altar, people everywhere all around praying and crying. And I, and I look back and I see a lady in the back aisle, two rows from the back, standing with their hands crossed, praying. I knew her story. Pastor John didn't. I said, hey, hey, come here, come here. He just walked back up. He came down. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, man, I listen, I, I, I know a lady back here. I want us to pray together. I, I just believe that this could be the, the moment. We walked down that aisle, put my hand on her back. I'll never forget. Pastor John said, ma'am, do you, do you believe in miracles? She said, yeah, I've seen God do miracles. He healed my, he healed my family member. He, I've seen him do this. And he said, no, no, no. God, God wants you to know this isn't a physical healing. This is going to be an emotional healing. And I thought to myself, God can do that. She hit her knees. She got up different, changed. The hurt that was in, in this lady's heart for years had been healed. She had been set free. It was a miracle moment. You can't tell me it doesn't happen. That's why you got to fight for your focus. That's why you got to fight for your faith because Jesus has a miracle for you. He's got a miracle for you. Some of you right now, as this word is coming out, you're, 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 all you can think about is that miracle you need. Well, I want to tell you today is the day. This is the miracle moment you've been wanting. This is the miracle moment you've been longing for. This is why you release control so that you could get out here on the water right here. And this is where you can see God move. Some of them are going to stay in the boat. I can tell you right now, there's some in here that are going to stay in the boat. And it's okay. No judging. But some of you, you're going to get out. Everything's going to change right here. Because you've made up in your heart in this moment, God's going to give me a miracle. God's going to restore God's going to heal. I want to pray for you. Won't you just stretch a hand towards heaven? 
Father, we believe. God, we believe in miracles. We believe you can give a miracle. And we declare that this is my moment. This is our moment to see you do the miraculous. God, we want you to do it again in our life. Do another miracle. God, make a way where there seems to be no way, God. God, move the mountain I've been trying to get over. Move it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, restore what was broken, what man couldn't put together. God, let your miracle power restore today. God, revive the dry bones. Bring new life. God, where we've felt barren and alone, God, show up and restore, revive. God, bring fresh life. God, fresh passion to our heart. Great is your faithfulness, God. God, great is your faithfulness to us. So faithful to not let us stay in the boat, but to call us to the miraculous. God, we we go for it right now. God, let your miraculous power touch our hearts, touch our lives in the name of Jesus. Let it be, God, we say yes. God, we say yes to your miracles. We say yes to your power. We say yes. Come on, somebody needs to begin to tell him right now. God, I need a miracle in this area. God, I give it to you. I let go. Give me courage. God, give me strength right now. Give me strength to believe. Give me courage to let go. Lose control to step out of my familiar. Father, I believe you for a miracle right now in Jesus' name.